0: Oh, it's good to see you folks. Most of you, anyway. (laughs) It's good to get away from Eagle Lake. That church over there, I tell you, drive you nuts. (laughs) Well, it's really not a drive. It's more like a short putt for you golfers that are here. I'm using some high tech today. I've never done that before in conjunction with Sam. So we're just going to try this. don't know how well it's going to work in relation to putting the verses up on the screen. So that should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. And it ends at 11.30, right? 11. 11 is 11. And there's no clock in the back. So it ends at 11. I'm very punctual. I believe in that. Jack doesn't, but I do. And uh, what I did was, I told my wife, I said, this ends at 11 and I need a signal from you. Now what happens when we're driving at night? She has a signal for when there's a moose that comes out. She screams. <laughs> the hair all raises up on my head. So if she jumps up and screams at eleven o'clock, you know that it's time to service the over. It's not because there's a moose coming out. It's like if you turn to the book of Jude. Book of Jude. It's quite a book. We're going to be looking at a number of verses, but my key verse is found in verse uh, 4. Wow, right there. Sam. It's like that. Good. Smart boy. For certain men have crept in on notice who have long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into licit lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jude wanted to talk about common salvation and all the things we have in Christ but some things came up in the early church and he had to address that because well like this morning in Sunday school you were talking about that in Sunday school stuff was coming in the early church like a flood bad stuff, it was good stuff but it was bad stuff too it's like a big net that's cast out there and it brings in everything church was sucking in everything and uh, it had to be dealt with. It was difficult to deal with some of these issues, but it really needed to be addressed. And what Jude was dealing with was the fact that, well, if you look at the verse, creeps were coming in the church. Now, I'm a cryptologist. I've studied cryptology for a lot of years. As a matter of fact, I have a degree, a doctorate in cryptology. I, it's, a, it's an honorary degree, I gave it to myself. <laughs> Because uh, I have 41 years of ministry and I thought I deserved it. So, anyway, uh, I know something about creeps. Now, I can't just look at somebody and know they're a creep. You know, you can't just say, look, there's a creep. How come? Because, you know, color of his eyes or he's a Democrat or, you know, I don't. (laughs) You can't do that. Because creeps come in and it takes a long time. And a lot of characteristics have to start coming to the forefront before you can really identify him as a creep. So you've got to be very, very careful in that. But Jude went down through a tremendous amount of characteristics that would really stick out in the course of time that would identify somebody as a creep. Now, in our world, there are creepy people. But that's our world. We live in this world. Where you go to work, you have some creepy people. Maybe in your family you have some creepy people. But we're not talking about that. That's not where my expertise is. My expertise is in the church. From 41 years of experience pastoring, uh, I've come to get burnt often, often enough that I can pretty well, not 100%, but I can pretty well identify what a creep is. And Jude did. Didn't make this stuff up. Jude did did this. When Hitler was rising up into power, there was a term that was used to describe the fact that he could conquer so many countries. And the term that was used was a fifth column. In other words, when Hitler's troops went into the Wehrmacht went into Czechoslovakia, He knew that in Czechoslovakia there was a fifth column to help him. Those people were Czechoslovakians who were sympathetic to Hitler. And when he moved into Poland, he knew that in Poland there was a fifth column and those were people who were sympathetic to Hitler. And when he moved into Belgium and when he moved into France and when he moved into the Netherlands, and well, we could go on and on, but there was always a small group they were sympathetic to the cause they were the enemies but hitler considered them to be his friends that's difficult you know folks as christians christianity a warfare started 2000 years ago and it continues to the present time and the church is under siege and we need to be realistic And we need to get back to the Word of God and say, well, what does the Word of God say about this? And not just look at a verse or a word or even a chapter, but a book or the entire book shining on that particular thing to see what does God say about that particular thing. I started a series, not on this, but I started a series and I said, every Sunday we're going to ask ourselves three questions when we come to church. Every Sunday, three questions. Number one, why am I here? That's a good question. Why am I here? Because my parents made me come here. Well, there you go. you grow up someday and you won't have to come back. <laughs> That'd be great. Why am I here? Number two, what did I learn? You know, if I could just learn, just think. If you could learn one thing a week, you could learn 52 things a year. What did I learn in church today? And number three, the most difficult quest- question what am I going to do about it? Why am I here? What did I learn? And what am I going to do about it? Those three things. I'm going to cut this down a little bit because of the time constraints, but uh, we'll start out with this verse 7. The pronoun is these. And each verse I give you will have that pronoun these. These refer to, back to verse 3, those who crept in. These refer to the creeps. And these tell you something about the creeps. Verse 7. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these. I got two or three with me. Good. We'll try to pick that up as we go having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. First thing about these. First thing. How low can you go? Who was that guy? They put the pole out and we had to... (coughs) Chubby checker. I knew that. I just think, wow, we're the only two old people here. (laughs) Or at least we're the only two that did that, I guess. How low can you go? Sodom and Gomorrah. You were talking about the moral temperature getting lower and lower and lower and lower. How low can it go? talked about Sodom and Gomorrah. How low could you go? You know that story. But the interesting thing is, if you look at the verse, it wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah, was it? Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them. You see, others are influenced by you. You have an influence on others. Most people have an influence on others. I mean, parents would have a tremendous influence on their family. People have an influence on their friends. People have an influence on their neighbors. People have an influence in the workplace. So the influence of Sodom and Gomorrah reached out to other cities. God had a plan. I mean, we're talking about God's plan. God has a lot of plans revealed in the Bible. Now, I know that, you know, things happen and... and Marriages fall apart and we, you make mistakes and all that. I, I, I realize all that and I'm, I'm not being hard on folks that that has happened to, but God's plan was for one man and one woman to become one flesh for life. That was His plan. God hasn't changed the plan. That's still God's plan. God's plan is for one man and one woman to become one flesh for life. That's God's plan. Now, our society is getting farther and farther away from that plan. That's the world. People are fighting that. Some places, some places are not too much. But we're talking here about what? What are we talking about in Jude? We're talking about the church. What should the church do? The church should get back to the plan. What the plan says. As much as possible, the church should do that. Now, that's just one aspect of it. But look at Sodom and Gomorrah, how far they got away from the plan. And it didn't just affect them, but it also affected other cities that were there. What happened there? Well, Lot was there in Sodom. Lot was in Sodom. Who was he? He was a believer. Lot was a believer in Sodom, living in Sodom. And the angels came told Lot what was going to happen to Sodom. It was going to be destroyed. you got to get out of here. He went out and told his son-in-law. It seems like he didn't have any sons. He had some son-in-laws. He went out and told his son-in-laws. And they laughed at him. They mocked him. It was like, who do you think you are? You're here. You're enjoying our culture, our society. And we're going to listen to you? the angels had to actually take him physically and drag him out of Sodom. And his wife looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. She couldn't leave Sodom. She was so connected, so ingrained in that society, she couldn't leave it. So they pulled Lot and his two daughters out of Sodom. So they got outside of Sodom and well, where do you go? You know what I mean? Lot said, uh, hey, uh, there's a little city, just a little one, just a small city out, and I'd like to go there. Could I go there? So, okay, you can go there. So he takes his daughters and he goes there. Now, he didn't stay there long, because the next thing we know, he's living in a cave with his daughters. Seems like he must have said, boy, that was... That wasn't very smart. That's how I got in trouble in the first place. Uh, I think I'll homeschool. So there you go. One thing that Lot didn't realize. You can take the girls out of the city. But you can't take the city out of the girls. The girls already learned some things. They were already experts on alcohol and sex. Well, I won't give you the rest of the story because of the rating that's on it. Where did they learn these things? You see, when you go back in the history, you'll find out Lot didn't have to go, he didn't have to go there in the first place. One day he stood there with Uncle Abraham and they were looking the land over and Abraham knew that they had to separate because this just wasn't working out because they had two different philosophies. And he said, look Lot, you decide where you want to live and I'll live somewhere else. And Lot looked it all over and he thought, man, it looks good. I love the lights of Sodom. That's not a good place to live. You can't live there and not be influenced by that culture, that society. But that's what he thought. That's what he did. Well, you know the story. I'm not going into it. But because of that situation, we have the Ammonites and the Moabites. And the Ammonites and the Moabites were constant enemies of the Israelites. It was just a generational thing constantly tormenting them, fighting them, trying to undermine them. Never ended. Why am I saying all that? Because these things that come in, that can cause problems, the problems can be far-reaching, like you can never get away from it. It's so important today to make right decisions based on the word of god based on the plan of god that's the first these verse 8 likewise also these dreamers defile the flesh reject authority speak evil of dignitaries these folks are coming in this is these are some of the characteristics that are evolving in the course of time. Number one, they're dreamers. They dream. I had a dream. You heard that? Yeah, but that wasn't really a dream. It was more of a feeling for what was going to happen in the future. I don't know if you have any dreamers here. I have dreams. My dreams don't make any sense. Sometimes. And sometimes, like, I wake up, I wish I could go back there. And I meet people in my dreams. You want to hear about some of my dreams? Of course you don't. You can care less about my dreams. Thank you. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> but these are dreamers. Reminds me of a... Uh, probably only Paul and I would know this, but Car 54. Huh? Car 54, Tootie, and... Uh, Tootie and Maldun. Maldun was a tall, skinny guy. Tootie was a little short guy. So Maldun would go, Tootie, what should we do? And Tootie would go, ooh, ooh. He had an idea. <laughs> when Tootie would go, ooh, ooh, Tootie had an idea. What's the idea, Tootie? Usually a bad idea, but he had one. Some people do that. They get direct revelations from God. Don't need the word of God. Just get direct, just like Two antennae come up like my favorite Martian. Remember my favorite Martian? Comes up. They get a signal. Might move a little bit, get a right signal. Oh, I know now what I'm going to do. Does it come from the Word of God? Might sound familiar, but it's coming from another source. Question is, is that source God? Because they're dreamers. They're just dreamers. You know, it's like when your kids are growing up and they say... Boy, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to get a summer job and I want to buy a car and I'm going to have a car. I'm a, I know I'm only a junior, but I'm going to have money coming in, and I'm going to put some away for college, and Really? you think? Well, maybe you should start paying for your food, and maybe you should start paying for your board. You know maybe you should see what it's really like to live in this world that we live in. Because right now you're just dreaming. It's so all you're doing is dreaming. Yeah. Can't go by that. You have to go by what the Word of God says. That's what you have to go by. We pick up sometimes little pieces. Uh, We know that all things work together for good to them who love God. I love God, so all things are going to work together for good. Yeah? What does that mean to you? Well, all things are good. Really? Huh. That's not true. All things are not good. Bad things happen to good people. That's true can work together for good it's not good don't misinterpret scripture you'd be in real trouble if you do that I was thinking about that you know ending because I can see the end so closely from where I stand now Uh, how many times in the Bible did not end you know from the world's view well I mean like you look at uh, Jacob Coming to the end of his life. I mean, he's like, he told Pharaoh, he said, Man, I'll tell you, it's been a trip, but he said, I, I, My own understanding of what it says, I've, I've had enough. It's not ending well. How did it end with Israel? Of course, it hasn't ended yet, but you know, how did it end the Old Testament with Israel? I don't want to discourage you or anything. But, you know, how did it end with, uh, with Paul? How did you like to get your head cut off? I mean, how, you know, how's that for an ending? And they all lived happily ever after. Said Peter was crucified upside down. Don't know. I wasn't there. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old. But you know something. There's no guarantee it's going to end well. In the scriptures. Don't be a dreamer. Don't be a tootie. Like in Car 54. And look at that verse. They defile the flesh. What they do to their body—that's just the one characteristic. But it's, it's an amazing thing. The doctors say, you know, you are what you eat, or you know, you got to be careful what you take in. My doctor, I've had him for about twenty-five years. That's why I'm still alive and in such great shape. So I go to my doctor and I, he said, Gary, I got back your blood work. He said, "Uh, man, he says your uh, cholesterol is really good. He said the ratio, he said everything, he says, "Uh, what do you do? Because I'm a non-compliant patient and he's known that for years but he still keeps me on, you know what I mean? I think he's running a, some kind of, um, what do you call that? So when I die, he says, see, he didn't listen. But anyway, he says, Gary, what do you do? I said, I listened to my doctor. That's not, and I did. I'm not, I, I just did. I he said, take this pill. I took it. Every day, every day. What happened? Here's the result. My blood work. It worked. Listen. we listen and then we do it so yeah listen then you have to do it and then you have the results of that uh, they look at that verse again it's right there again reject authority reject authority I always had a problem with authority, Uh, I was the youngest of eight, probably, you know, that was the thing, I thought, I should be the authority, they sent me off to school, I'm five, I get in there, and uh, I didn't want to listen to her, I didn't want anything to do with her, she's the authority. I had a problem with authority. And uh, come up over a hill when I got my driver's license see the state trooper coming, take my foot off the accelerator. I always had a problem with authority. Boss would say, now Gary, that's not the way I want you to do that. This is the way I want you to do that. And I'd be like, stupid authority we come into the church you see we're under somebody else's authority all through our lives these people reject authority you think that people who don't want to be subjection to their parents and they don't want to be in subjection to their teachers and they don't want to be in subjection to the government do you think when they come in the church they're going to be in subjection to the pastor or church policy or you know whatever you think i think they're going to start having some real problems with authority and if they do they might be a creep might you now there's a lot of other characteristics that we need to cover but that could be one of them god places people in authority in the church you know, look, I'm the authority. You know what I mean? Like, come on, give me a break. I know you, you know? But still, we are the authority. You know, like Jack. You know, I, I've known Jack since he was just a kid. I, I couldn't see myself putting my, myself under Jack's authority. But if I belonged to this church, I'd be under his authority. Because it's God-ordained authority. Wow, and I'll tell you, of all the pastors I know, I'd pick Jack. I really would, you know, because he's not like aggressive and he's not a bully. He wasn't a bully as a kid. He's uh, kind, tender-hearted. You know what I'm saying? Just using that for a reference. Verse ten. Hey Sam, you're doing a great job. Wow, right there. I like that. High technology. Looking for a good church. You got one on Eagle Lake? (laughs) Bring your equipment. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know. I like that statement. And whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. But look at this. But these, the same thing, the same people, the creeps, what they don't know, what they don't know. The old fellow said, I'd like to buy him for what he knows. I'd like to sell him for what he thinks he knows. Because there's such a big difference between what he knows and what he thinks he knows. These are the kind of people that do that. They want to share with you their knowledge. They don't have any. I was listening to a fellow speak one time and He had all the movements down you know he would take his glasses off walk around and you would think something's coming something big and then he'd say something that didn't make any sense he had all the right gestures and so on but there wasn't anything there That's creepy, wouldn't you say? Whatever they know naturally. Naturally. What they've known because that's how they feel it should be from human experience. That's the way it is. There was a song too, just act naturally. Oh, we're going to get in trouble if we act Naturally. One time, I hauled a load of gravel. It was actually uh, crushed rock. It was, I think, it was an inch and a quarter of crushed rock. And uh, I dumped the load, and then I brought the dump down. And I was leaving, and I looked down, and I saw a, a light, a red light. And that light said to me, "Your tailgate's still open, stupid." <laughs> so I thought, "Wow, I better stop and check this out." So I stopped, and I went back, and I looked, and there was a crushed rock and that was an inch and a quarter or something like that and it was stuck between the gate and the dump box that's why it didn't close and I thought I'll just reach up there like this and give that a snap that was natural thinking so I just reached up there boom hey that hit my knuckle I went around the truck three times on one leg I said things I hadn't heard myself say in a long, long time. All I had to do was reach down, pull a lever, bring the box up. Gate would have opened, rock would have fallen out. Put it back down, and it would have closed and locked. Isn't that easy? But that's not the way I did it because I was acting naturally. Naturally. And because I acted naturally, I hurt myself. I could give you a thousand illustrations about when I acted naturally and I hurt other people. I was just doing what I thought. Not the book. Not even experience. Just what I thought. Dangerous. These people like that. And look at this. Like brute beasts. Brute beasts. That's what they're like. It's what a beast does. I don't know if you watched this on the other day on the news. There was a zookeeper somewhere in the country. And uh, there was a lion. Anybody see this? Lion, zookeeper. Something happened. You went to feed the lion. And uh, I don't know if somebody closed the door or he closed the door. He thought, I don't know what happened. But anyway, he's in there. Just him and the lion. Guess what? The lion goes, hey, hey. <laughs> fresh meat. Jumps on the guy. Bites him, grabs him, pulls him like a piece of paper across the the yard. They shot the lion. So anyway, guy lives, but you know he's not going to look the same, or think the same, or act the same. But anyway, guy lives. And somebody said, you know, it's too bad they had to shoot the lion. <laughs> not from his point of view. <laughs> It's too bad they had to shoot the lion because, you know, he, he, he was born here in the zoo and he grew up here. And, and you know, really, all he was doing was he, he thought he was going to play. Made my heart sensitive to the lion. Yeah, that's what he probably thought. Maybe. You know, I'm not sure. But I know this. That's what lions do. Lions do that. Because they're Lions. Yeah, you say, they say they're a Christian, they did this, yeah, did that, did that. Do we have a pattern here? Is there a pattern here? Because that could be a, that could expose a creep if there's a pattern. We all mess up, we all fall short, we all do stupid things. But what if there's a pattern of that? Then you've got a problem. Because that's what a beast does. You see, when we become Christians, we can't do what we did by nature. We can't do that anymore. If we become Christians. That's got to go away. That kind of conduct has to stop. When I was young, I, I got a taste for alcohol early on. I don't know, 12, 13. I loved alcohol. I tell you the truth, I still love alcohol and if I could, I'd drink alcohol. Problem was, it made me do stupid stuff. Say foolish things. You think alcohol's changed? I smoked pot one, one time. Didn't inhale. <laughs> I couldn't smoke pot because it interfered with my alcohol. So I can't tell you what it would do to you, because I, I was never there, because I, I had... A drug of choice, and I was going to stick with it. But then I became a Christian. I want to tell you, that drug of choice cost me a lot. Cost me a lot. Cost my wife a lot. Wasn't good. So now I'm a Christian. What are you going to do? I remember the last bar I was in, I'm sitting there in the bar, looking at myself in the mirror, across the bar, in the back of the wall, looking at myself, thinking, what are you doing here? That wasn't the Holy Spirit, it it wasn't the bartender, it it was just me saying, what are you doing here? You've made a profession of faith, you're a Christian, and you know what goes on when you're in a place like this, and what happens afterwards. And I got up and walked out of the bar. Never went back. You know, you have to say to yourself as a Christian, I've got to put that behind me, and I've got to go on. But that's not what we find out with these people. Creeps are destructive. In these things, they corrupt themselves. In other words, they pollute themselves. And when you're corrupt, you give off a certain odor of corruption. You know, you can't, you can't hide corruption. It's, it's going to come out. You know, that's why, you know, when we die, you know, you don't keep the body around for three months. You know what I'm saying? Because the corruption is going to come out. And it's going to become intolerable after a while. That's why we need to understand this business. And it's tough business. I, I wish I hadn't majored in cryptology. I wish I had gone into loveology. Just love everybody. But anyway... Verse 12. How are we doing for time? You're kidding. i got to come back again. You have to have me back because we're just getting to the best parts. Us? Us? Ah, it's just a taste. Just a taste. And it was good to be here. Love Matawaska Gospel Church. For those of you who don't know, I was saved under Dick Gubel's ministry. Dick was my first pastor. Really, probably, you know, basically my only pastor. Had a great influence, influence on my life. I, uh, I have some tremendous relationships with pastors. Uh, Jack is, love the guy. John Dick. Dave Gubel. Keep, uh, keep in touch with them, call them. They try to keep me straight. You know, these old guys, sometimes they can get off. So it's good to have some of the younger guys to kind of keep you focused. And it's always good to be here. Thank you for listening so well. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you again for scripture. We thank you for the warnings. We thank you for the plan you have for us in our life. plan you have for this church, for our valley, for our people. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.